play-by-play announcer Matt Shepard, who joins us right now to tell us all about the big day. Matt, welcome to the show. Kev, how you been, my friend? Matt, how are you? Been good, been good. KB, how are you, buddy? Already. So, who are these guys? They got, what, pitchers and catchers and infielders and outfielders? Yeah, they got How are they looking? (laughs) I think every team's got 26 of those in in some form or another. A.J. Hinch has divided it up 13 and 13. Really like the length out of their bullpen. So, you've got four lefties, four righties. It's not necessarily what you want to do as a plan. It's just the way it worked out because of how well they pitched down in Lakeland. So, from the left side, you'll have Daniel Norris, Tyler Alexander, Derek Holland, who looked really good. Uh, down in Grapefruit League play uh, as long relievers, and then Gregory Soto as a as a short guy from the left side, and then from the right side, Michael Fulmer will pitch out of the bullpen for the first time since high school. You'll have Jose Cisnero, and you'll have Brian Garcia from that right side. So that's a good balance, uh, I think, for AJ Hinch and, and Chris Fetter, the pitching coach. And you know, the, the key, Kev, is going to be this: uh, they're going to have to do better against right-handed pitching. They faced more right-handed pitching over the last two years than any other team in baseball but they have the worst average and worst on-base percentage. So they hope that Robbie Grossman, Nomar Mazzara, Wilson Ramos will help increase those numbers as well as a steadier Jamer Candelario and a full-time Willie Castro. How has so, the manager changed? I know this is for people who don't know, this is the first A.J. Hinch coming in after being a, having a year off and Garden Hire, who'd been here for a while, who I thought was a good manager, just didn't have a lot to work with. How How is the change yeah. of manager with these new guys and what, what do you see different with this team? Well, I think AJ Hinch, first of all, he's Kenny, he's probably the best communicator of any coach manager I've ever dealt with. He's, he's incredibly straightforward. Um, he met with every player, told them his expectations, um, wasn't necessarily married to anybody outside of probably Miguel Cabrera and the two year contract with Robbie Grossman and said, you know, show me what you're going to do to help us win. And that's what they've got to do. They've got to, they've got to prove that they can win every single day. Now, I know that's a cliche, and some people will kind of roll their eyes at it, but that's his approach, and I think it's the right approach. Uh, he, they have pounded into these guys' heads um, the, the little things in baseball that they're going to need to do, and that is pre-pitch setup in the outfield. That is getting that extra step off the bases. That is not being afraid to be thrown out while trying to stretch maybe a single into a double or going first to third. And for pitchers, they are stressing, pounding the strike zone, get ahead in the count. They, they have told these guys, and it's, it's really the numbers are startling, quite honestly. They have told these pitchers, when you get ahead in the count and when you get behind in the count and they look at the numbers, and it's something that we'll bring up in our, our broadcast on Valley Sports coming up this Thursday, just – uh, how how different it is, how starkly different it is when the pitchers are pitching out of pitch counts and when it's a hitter's count. I mean, the, the numbers uh, it will blow your mind from starting pitchers and relievers on where those numbers go up. So I'll give you just a, a quick example. Starting pitchers over the last two years in pitch counts, teams are batting 215 against them. When it's a hitter's count, it's 369. So that tells you something right mm. there. For the starters and the relievers, the numbers are very similar. So that's why they're stressing to these guys, challenge hitters, mix it up, don't be afraid to go out. Don't You have to sequence differently than they have before. So those are just some of the things that they've stressed. They've stressed a ton of different things on how to be aggressive and execute, but those are just some of the main things. 
So will the catcher be calling the pitches, or will it come from the clubhouse, uh, or, or you know who's who's going to be in charge pitch by pitch? No, it's a, it's a what they do, Kev, is, is they have these in-depth scouting reports, and before the game, Grayson Griner, who's the backup catcher, Wilson Ramos, the starting catcher, will go over with the starting pitcher and the relievers. And they'll go over how they're going to approach every single hitter in what will be, for example, Cleveland's lineup on Thursday. And, and how they want to attack them. And then they got to get on the same page. So A.J. Hinch isn't calling pitches. It's a catcher's and pitcher's game. They're going to be calling it unless there's you know maybe a pitch out or some type of throw over to first. But overall, it's a catcher and pitcher's game. Mm. Well, I want to talk about a new Tiger. But first, I got to ask, did Buck Farmer make the team? He did, yeah. Okay, because oh, yeah. Buck Farmer, if Buck Farmer or Drew Verhagen are not on the team, it seems like they've been on the team forever, man. They're probably not even – that old in Major League, but I, I just see Buck Farmer every year, so I'm glad he made it. No, work. you're right. You're right, Kenny. I mean, Buck Farmer is the second longest tenured Tiger behind Miguel Cabrera. Drew Verhagen was in Japan last year, but those Buck Farmer is the second longest tenured Tiger, and he's kind of, uh, I don't want to say the old man of the bullpen. That's not necessarily fair um, because Derek Holland is, is older than Buck Farmer, and not that either one of them are old compared to me, for crying out loud. <laughs> um, I mean, Buck Farmer is only 29 years old. He turns... Uh, he turns 30, I think, uh, in next February. But bottom line is he's been around a while, and that's, yeah, uh, I, yeah. uh, his, his experience has helped, yeah. I thought he took over Willie Hernandez. He's been on the team so long. I, I, Buck <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Willie Hernandez, that ultimate closer. Come on. <laughs> that's right. But tell me about Akil Badu. This is up the spring training phenomenon. Yeah. Tell me, will he get a lot of time? I know he's got to stay on the team all year in order to keep him, but tell me about him, and is, are we going to see him actually play? Yeah, for folks who don't know, Akil Badu is a Rule 5 pick, let go by Minnesota. Detroit picked him up in the third overall pick. If Detroit kept him on, if they want him, they got to keep him on the active roster all season long. Otherwise, they lose him back to Minnesota for $50,000 and $50,000. But here's a guy who has been uh, the most impressive. He and Derek Holland, I think, had the most impressive camps. Jamer Candelari and Willie Castro, pretty darn good, too. Tarek Skuba, probably right behind Derek Holland and Gregory Soto. But Overall, but dude, just 22 years young, and the kid is really, really athletic. Okay, I mean, over 40 at bats, five homers, 325 in 21 games. Saw a ton of pitches. Saw over four pitches per plate appearance. Scored 14 runs, 10 walks, four stolen bags. Athletic, he can run. The problem is, and he forced his way onto this team, Kenny. I mean, this is not one of those, hey, he's a rule five, we might as well keep him because we don't want to lose him back to Minnesota. No, he deserves to be on this ball club because of how good he played in spring. And it's one of those situations, if you don't take him, wow, what's the message you're sending? A.J. Hinch told us this morning, and I asked him about how you handle young guys. He said, look, I I want to get his first out of the way. So Thursday, you may see him as a pinch runner. You may see him as a defensive replacement. But at some point against Cleveland, you're going to see him start his first major league game. And for a kid, keep this in mind, he has not played above high A. In 2019, he played high A ball in the Minnesota organization. But he only played 29 games. He only batted 214. And he played for Toby Gardenhire, Ron Gardenhire's son, ironically enough, in the Minnesota system. But the kid has just stood out. He's accepted every challenge. A.J. Hinch said, I tried to make him as uncomfortable as I possibly could. I batted him leadoff, batted him second against some of the best pitchers in the Grapefruit League, like Garrett Cole with the Yankees. He just met every single challenge. So good for him. It's a really feel-good story. We just hope that success continues. You had mentioned Cabrera. He's got to be over 35 now. How often will he play in the field, or is he just going to be a designated hitter this year? 
No, it's a good question. A.J. Hinch says he's going to play him probably about two times a week at first base. He's actually moved really well. He's, he's 37. He'll turn 38 in the middle of April. Um, but he's going into his 19th season. It's been you know a long time since he last played first base on a regular basis. And a matter of fact, you'll, you'll hear this on our broadcast on Thursday, Miguel Cabrera's first start at first base will be Thursday, but it's the first time since the middle of June of 2019. Um, you know, hit a homer the other day. Uh, he always looks good when he's swinging the opposite way and taking batting practice. You know, you got to give a guy like that in spring training. It's almost a free pass because he's been doing it for so long and he knows his body and he knows his swing and he knows how to go about his business. But that, Kev, will be a storyline all season long. It's a storyline because he's trying to reach 500 homers and he's trying to reach 3,000 hits. And there's only six players to ever do those two things. Pujols, Aaron, A-Rod, Mays, Palmero, and Murray. But none of them have ever done it in the same season. So if he gets 13 bombs this year, and remember, he had 10 last year. So that's, you know, 57 games, he gets 10. My guess is you play close to 160, he's going to get 13. He needs 134 hits to reach 3,000. And if so, he becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to do both in the same season. That's a hell of an accomplishment. I hope he does wow. it on the same at bat. I hope he does it. 13 <laughs> yeah, homer. The, the hit the, is a homer. The, the, the 134th hit is a homer for 13. That'd be great. You're, you're, you're asking an awful lot there, Kenny. <laughs> I know. Wow. All right, lot. Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Shepard, we will be watching uh, Belly Sports play-by-play Thursday, Thursday afternoon, April 1st. Uh, thanks for jumping on the show. All right, you bet, Kev. See you.